For many of us, Advent is the launching pad to Christmas morning, a 24-day countdown to stockings and presents. We don't think about Advent as first being about the second coming. After all, it's been two millennia since Christ was born, crucified, rose from the dead, ascended into heaven, and sent the Holy Spirit. And for 2,000 years, we've been living somewhere between forgetting about or fretting over His return. Today, let's remember that no matter our unfaithfulness, God is faithful to carry out His mission to save humanity. Not only that, though, He invites us back into relationship to join Him in carrying out this mission. It wasn't to start with. Sorry. Good morning and welcome to worship. It is wonderful to stand up here and look out and see all your faces. This is just beautiful. I love the way the author of our Advent devotionals put it in the very first devotional that he wrote. He said, Advent is not a season to get lost in earthly celebration, but to be found in what God has done is doing and will do through Jesus Christ in this disoriented world. Amen? Amen. Amen. It is today, Christmas Eve, the time that we as Christians usually gather to look back with awe and wonder at the love of our God. If you happen to be joining for the first time today, I'm Pastor Ann, and I am honored and blessed to be able to serve alongside Pastor Andy here at The Way, Woodstock. Know that we're glad you're here and that you are always welcome to be a part of what God is doing in and through this church, this community of faith at The Way, where we are indeed committed to sharing in hope, living with purpose for the sake of others. Christmas Eve is here. It's here. We've been waiting, we've been doing, we've been preparing, and it's here. But before we get lost in our celebration of the arrival of the Christ child, let's review just a little bit of these past few weeks, the journey that we've been on. We started out by acknowledging that oftentimes we allow ourselves to get, up, get caught up in the darkness of the world around us. And we fail to recognize that despite the darkness, God's love and his light are not only still at work, but his love and his light is available to us today, every day, regardless of what's going on around us. We were reminded that according to John 1, 1 through 5. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him, all things were made. Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. In other words, before time began, before creation, before sin, there was Jesus. Intimately involved with God, creating and giving life and light to all mankind. 
We were reminded that mankind was created in the image of God. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. Genesis 1.27. And God saw that he had, all that he had made, he, it was very good. And there was evening and there was morning. The sixth day, Genesis 1.31. But then, not long afterwards, mankind, Adam and Eve, rebelled against God. God had told them they could eat of every tree in the garden but one. He had told them they must not eat of that tree, because the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, if they were to eat from it, they would die. And we know how that ended, right? They were tempted by the enemy. They ate the apple. And they suffered the consequences of doing things their way rather than God's way. And mankind still suffers the consequences of doing things our way rather than God's way. Yet God did not abandon them and he does not abandon us. He continuously provides in ways that we sometimes have a hard time seeing. Because of his great love for mankind... God gives, John 3, 16, 17, for God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but to save the world through him. Jesus enters into humanity as a small, helpless, dependent baby. But he comes with a purpose. He comes to bring light and life to our world, which has been darkened by sin, to show us the way to make us new by taking our sin and giving us his spirit. And we've been reminded that Jesus will return to complete God's mission to redeem our mission failure. There will be a new heaven and a new earth with no more pain and no more sorrow of this world. Everything will be made new. We have reasons to rejoice because God is still at work in us and in our world. We can rejoice. I'm reminded of the words to one of the hymns that we often sing at Christmas, but which is actually an Advent anthem for Christ's second coming. We didn't sing it today, and we're not going to, but listen to the words. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Let earth receive her king. Let every heart prepare him room, and heaven and nature sing. The second verse goes on. Let men their songs employ, while fills and floods, rocks, hills, and plains repeat the sounding joy. And then we go on to the next verse. No more let sin and sorrows grow, nor thorns infest the ground. He comes to make his blessings flow, far as the curse is found. And the last verse. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove 
the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love and wonders of his love. From beginning to end, God is working to give us life and light through Jesus. Please join me now as we listen to the word of God from the book of Colossians, the first chapter, verses 15 to 20. Hear the word of God. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Dear most gracious God, we come today with hearts full of gratitude that you loved us so much that you didn't leave us alone, that you entered into our humanity. You became like one of us to experience all that we experience, the good, the bad, and the ugly, that we may identify with you as you identify with us that we know that whatever we experience in this lifetime, you experienced it too. So God, we come today, we ask that you open our ears, that you open our eyes, that we may see anew and we may hear anew the beauty of your love and the awesomeness of that love. May the words of my mouth be honoring, Lord. And it is in Jesus' most holy and precious name I pray. Amen. Now I realize that this may not be one of the scriptures that you normally hear on Christmas Eve. Oftentimes we hear the birth narrative, and we did hear that in our Advent lighting. There was no room in the inn. He was born in a manger. There were shepherds and angels who attended. Or we hear one of the prophecies about the coming Messiah, the one who has come to bring freedom from prisoners, for prisoners. But this really is the perfect Christmas Eve scripture. We're already focusing on the birth of Jesus. As Christians, we acknowledge that Jesus is our personal Lord and Savior, not just Savior, but Lord. And we also acknowledge that it's Jesus who is indeed the Savior of the world, not just us. His goal is the Savior of the world. But this helps us to really focus in on who Jesus is, this tiny, helpless babe that comes and is born in a manger. 
As Christians, we also acknowledge that we believe in one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, distinct but inseparable, eternally one in essence and in power. Now, Colossians was written by the Apostle Paul while he was in prison, and he wrote it to combat errors that were in the early church and to show the believers that everything we need Everything we need is in Christ. So let's look a little more closely at today's scripture. We're going to take it verse by verse. The Son is the invisible, is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. When we look at Jesus, when we listen to his words in scripture, We see God, we hear God in action. Fully human, fully divine, Jesus is able to show us not only God's true nature, but also to show us God's intention for how human beings were to live in relationship with him and in relationship with one another. The firstborn over all creation tells us that Jesus has authority over all creation. As God, he is holy, and he has authority to judge the world. Verse 16, for in him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, All things have been created through him and for him. Jesus did not come into existence when he was born of the Virgin Mary. He was involved in the creation of everything that exists, the physical and the spiritual. We need to again remember that from the beginning, everything was good. Things only went bad when rebellion against God and his ways entered into the picture. Evil came with our rebellion. Verse 17, he is before all things and in him all things hold together. Jesus is our sustainer. When it seems like things are falling apart and all we see is chaos, chances are We've taken our eyes off Jesus. Remember how we've been challenged to look beyond what's right in front of us and to look to see what God may be up to. What is God doing behind the scenes? His ways are not our ways. He is at work, and his desire is to redeem the world. His desire is to bring all under his authority. Verse 18, and he is the head of the body, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. Paul had spoken elsewhere in scripture to the church as as the church being the body of Christ, and he's making it clear here that Christ is to be the head of the church. Jesus was raised from the dead, and his resurrection proves that his lordship was over this material world. He defeated death, and he rose to new life 
He was the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead. When we trust in him, we too will defeat death and rise to new life, not only in the future, but now as well when we trust in him and follow his ways, we can live differently than the world around us. This is the good news we have to share. Jesus can make us new. He's now seated at the right hand of the Father. And when we come to him, he intercedes on our behalf. Verse 19, for God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile to himself all things whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. In this statement, the Apostle Paul was refuting the Greek idea that Jesus couldn't be fully human and fully divine. He couldn't be both at the same time. Christ has always been God and will always be God, but he took on flesh. He entered into our world He became like one of us on a rescue mission to save us from ourselves. His death provided a way for all people to be reconciled to God. When we accept Jesus as our Savior, when we recognize that he took all of our sin upon himself and he died in our place, When we ask him to forgive us of our sin, our rebellion against God. When we ask him into our hearts and we acknowledge him to be not just our savior, but the Lord of our life. This clears the way for us to have peace with God and be reconciled to him. But this is a different kind of peace. It's not just peace from the chaos. It's not an absence of conflict necessarily. It's shalom. It's a peace that encompasses completeness and wholeness. You know, sometimes we go through this world and we think, you know, there's something missing. Yeah, there is something missing in this world. But when we come to Jesus and we ask him into our hearts, we can be made whole. That missing piece is suddenly filled with his spirit. So that wholeness of peace with shalom, it's not just an absence of conflict. Sometimes conflict still happens, but we can still be whole and complete in him. Yes, Jesus came as a baby, a helpless, dependent baby. He emptied himself from all ambition and all privilege. And we're told, though, that he grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. That's Luke 2.52. We also see in Scripture that Jesus remained dependent on God, often withdrawing from all the attention and all the demands placed on him to stay connected to the Father through prayer. It dawned on me as I was preparing this message that we all come into this world as helpless babes, helpless and dependent. But then the world teaches us 
that we need to be able to take care of ourselves. We need to become independent. We need to learn to do things for ourselves. Because if we don't take care of ourselves, who will? Who will? Maybe that is part of our Advent message this year. Our challenge for today and for every day hereforth. We have learned the world's ways very well. We don't have to do it ourselves. Maybe we need a course correction. John the Baptist came preparing the way for Jesus with these words. Repent for the kingdom of heaven has come near. But let's use the definition of repentance given by Omar Rakabi in our Advent Mission devotionals. He says that actually repentance is reorienting us to something. And in this case, it's reorienting us to someone. And that reorienting is to Jesus. May we, as we celebrate the birth of Christ, turn back and retrace our steps in order to turn and return to the right way. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. We don't have to walk through our trials alone. We have a God who entered into the world to be with us. Yes, Jesus has returned to heaven, but he has given us, each one of us, the Holy Spirit to guide us, to comfort us, to strengthen us, and to restore us. But there's even more. Not only is God for us and with us, he has issued us an invitation. We have been invited to join him in his grand mission to restore creation. As we return to him, as we reorient our life to follow him, we experience his love and his spirit, and we are renewed and restored. And because Jesus loves us so much and he gave his life for us, we learn to share that love by giving our lives to others that they might experience the love of God through us. The God of the universe, it never ceases to amaze me every Christmas, the awe of it all. The God of the universe came down. The one who made everything, he came into our world and he's asking you and he's asking me to be a part of his redeeming grace. How awesome is that? It's not only humbling, though. It's extremely exciting. For God so loved the world. Let us celebrate the birth of our Savior, and may we reorient our life to following him ever more closely. Come, let us adore him. Merry Christmas and Shalom. Amen. Let's pray. Dear most gracious God, we thank you. Our hearts are full of gratitude that you never leave us alone, that you're always available. All we have to do is turn, to reorient, to look, to seek, to find. You promised us 
Seek, when you seek me with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, you will find me. You promised us that, and your promises are true. So, Lord, we come today in awe and gratitude. And all God's people said, Amen.